Chapter 6 The River Several bolts of energy flew over Mead's head as he ran through the hallway toward what he hoped was the main entrance to Laszlo's casino. Chunks of rock and grit flew off the side of the hallway as Mead dodged and weaved his way to an escape. Laszlo, Q, and two of the other poker players burst out of the private room, coughing. Laszlo held a handkerchief over his face, trying to filter the smoke. Kill him! Laszlo screamed. I want that man dead! Mead stopped for a moment and lit the second jar of grain alcohol which he was still holding in his hand. He paused, waiting for his pursuers to get a little closer. Hey, Laszlo! Mead called down the tunnel. Uh, any chance we could still work out that payment plan? Mead was rewarded with the sound of plasma rifles firing back at him and he ducked behind the corner. They'd broken out the heavy-duty firepower. He must have really pissed off Laszlo now. Well, couldn't hurt to ask. He chucked the second jar back at his pursuers and used the fire and smoke to cover his exit. Meade nearly busted the hinges off the door as he ran out onto the casino floor. Roxanne looked up at him and he saluted the red-headed vixen. She smiled and he ran for the door as Laszlo, Hugh, and his security followed closely on his heels, still in pursuit. 10,000 credits to the man who captures that runabout! Laszlo bellowed. The moles looked up and around at each other in confusion, unsure who the warlord was referring to. Meade didn't want to give them any time to figure it out. He fled through the casino as shots rang out all around him. Bursting out of the front door, Meade saw casino security looking around, searching for whoever Laszlo had indicated was a threat. One of the security guards spotted him and shouted. Meade shook his head and pushed a button on his armbar. A motorcycle-like vehicle seemed to melt out of the stone face of the Lady Luck Casino. Meade jumped on the aerocycle and opened his armbar, running a hack on the flying vehicle's keypad. Normally, the onboard artificial intelligence would ask him what destination he had in mind and would automatically take him there by the shortest possible route. But he didn't have time for the computer onboard to make his decisions. The hack into the computer completed, giving him total control over the aerocycle's operation. Hugh emerged from the Lady Luck's front door, firing at Meade with his coalition-issued sidearm. Meade ducked and barely avoided having his head taken off by a plasma round. The bike's harness extended out of the seat and automatically secured Meade to the vehicle. He gunned the engine, and the twin ion jets in the aerocycle's rear end roared as he took off from the surface. Two Coalition MPs who had been standing next to the casino door were shanghaied by Hugh and Laszlo. They jumped on their powerful aerocycles to give chase, but Meade didn't dare look back. If the Coalition was on his tail, then he would need to move quickly if he wanted to survive. Meade arced the aerocycle up and over the city, looking down at the traffic below. The sky was filled with hundreds of vehicles, some being larger than others. He heard the whine of a bullet pass near his head and he cursed, looking around for the source of the gunfire. And that's when he saw how much trouble he was really in. A few Coalition MPs on aerocycles? He might have been able to handle that. But the fleet that was after him now was an entirely different story. Dozens of Coalition drones began melting out of the canyon walls and all of them were coming after him. The drones were an auto-defense mechanism called forth by the Coalition MPs who were after him. They had likely scanned his craft and uploaded its profile into the drone's targeting software moments after the chase began. He cursed and pushed the throttle as hard as he dared. They were not elegant machines. Their artificial intelligence wasn't exactly the most advanced stuff in the system, but they were deadly. Their twin plasma rifles fired at a rate of over 30 rounds per second, and each one was equipped with a complement of Hellfire missiles. The Coalition officers following me backed off to let the drones do what they did best. Hunt and kill. 
He pushed the arrow cycle down into the heavy traffic and began dodging other people's arrow cycles left and right. At this point, he wasn't entirely sure which one was more dangerous, the autonomous killing machines or the terrible drivers of New Plymouth. However, it was probably unfair for him to blame other commuters when it was him that was driving in the wrong direction. Some of the drones were unable to adjust their proximity sensors fast enough and two of them slammed directly into a large, slow-moving Ori holly coming the opposite way. Meade looked back to see that the driver had bailed out in time, but his Ori hauler was no more. It tumbled and spun through space, slamming into the red dirt below in an impressive burst of flames and heat. He knew that the machines wouldn't stop tracking him unless he could somehow change the signature of his aerocycle. That's when he decided to push his bike down towards the wrecked Ori hauler and drove through the smoke and flames. He felt the heat of the explosion surround him and he drew his duster jacket close, covering his face. The leather was tough and blocked the high temperatures of the blast, protecting him nicely. He hoped the heat would be enough to throw the drones off his trail. A missile streaked past his head, nearly taking it off, and Meade pulled back on the aerocycle, yanking his vehicle out of the way just in the nick of time. The missile slammed into the rock, exploding and sending shards of rocky debris raining down all around him. So clearly that wasn't working. Meade throttled the engine back up and got clear of the ruined Ori hauler below. The smoke had covered his jacket with a fine black and red dust, and his aerocycle was streaked with chipped and melted paint. Sorry about that, he muttered to the vehicle beneath him. Just need you to survive a little bit longer. The aerocycle bobbed and weaved its way through the traffic as the deadly coalition followed, still hot on his tail. Meade, beginning to feel frustrated, felt a trickle of fear bubble up into his throat. He swallowed it back down and turned the aerocycle down a narrow alleyway carved into the canyon walls. One drone didn't make the turn quickly enough and slammed into the side of the canyon wall, exploding. Another was caught in the first drone's wake and it too flipped the side of the walls, shearing off one of its wings. It fell to the ground, but not before it released a Hellfire missile that exploded only inches away from one of Meade's ion engines. Meade felt the aerocycle yank to the left underneath him and he struggled with the now sluggish controls, forcing them all the way to the right. He swore as he found most of his maneuverability was now gone. He glanced behind him and saw the two drones were still following and drawing closer, about to lock onto his aerocycle. Meade moved his yoke up and down, gaining and losing altitude to try and dodge the plasma rounds that sparked and exploded all around his aerocycle. He set his jaws, one shot from a drone came particularly close. This needed to end. Now. He yanked back on the controls, urging his aerocycle to climb higher into the Martian sky. The drones wouldn't dare fire on the lid that protected New Plymouth. If he flew close enough to it, he should be able to buy some time. He was right. The drones quit firing on him as they approached the lid. The artificial intelligence locked out the firing solution they had on Meade. One accidental miss, and the whole colony would be in for a really bad day. Unfortunately, the lid was fast approaching, and he didn't have a clue as to what he would do when he ran out of room. Ah, fuck it, Meade muttered. He threw the remaining ion engine into overdrive, pushing the damaged aerocycle harder up into the sky. The lid was only a hundred meters away from him now, and whatever he was going to do, he needed to do it quick. He reached behind him, grasping blindly until he found what he was looking for. Every aerocycle's quick release had a parachute built into the harness. He grasped the lever and yanked. The aerocycle underneath him jerked quickly to the left after Meade let go of the controls. He felt himself fall as gravity reclaimed his body. And then the parachute opened, and he felt his whole body yank as it unfurled, arresting his momentum. The first drone following Meade couldn't peel off in time and crashed spectacularly into his abandoned vehicle. He only had a moment to celebrate his victory before he felt his parachute veer to the right. 
The final drone hadn't been able to steer away in time and had become entangled in Meade's parachute. He felt himself heave forward as the drone began towing him through the new Plymouth sky. He grabbed the lines that connected him to his parachute and began to climb towards the fast-moving drone. They fell from a thousand feet in the air to the deck in less than a minute. He looked forward to see the drone taking them back towards the marketplace, skimming low over the rooftops of the shops below his feet. He pulled himself up mightily and yanked his feet up just before ending up a bright red smear on the side of a building. That's when he decided it was time to get off this crazy ride. He struggled to reach the key of his armbar, but the lines of the parachute had trapped his arm in their tangled web, making it impossible for him to cut himself free with a laser. Meade was once again only a few dozen feet above the crowded marketplace, but this time people were staring up in awe at him and the drone that was dragging him around. He looked up to see the drone heading for a recharge slot in the side of the canyon where it would automatically be repaired. He needed to cut himself free now, before they slammed into the canyon wall. At the last possible moment, he freed his armbar and activated the laser, swinging the beam up in an arc. And then, he was tumbling through the air, free-falling towards the Martian surface. He crashed to the canvas roof of some unfortunate merchant shop and rolled through the store, hoping to cushion some of the impact. He hit his head and slammed his shoulder into the door, cracking the frame. He finally came to a rest in the street and saw a luxury aerocycle limousine coming straight at him. He was too tired and too broken to move in time, so he shut his eyes, hoping his end would be quick. Instead, the hissing sound of air brakes was all he heard as the luxury limo came to a rest mere inches from his head. Meade opened his eyes, thanking whatever gods had seen fit to spare him for another day. And just for one moment, right before he passed out, Meade could have sworn he saw the pencil-thin silhouette of Palmetto approaching him, but he passed that off as brain damage from the concussion. Fate wouldn't be that much of a bastard to him. Would it? <laughs>